0: This is Pound in Victory. Well, we once again want to welcome everybody to come to the podcast and join us today. And mm-hmm. Christina is here. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're on the doorstep of Christmas, and uh, it's quite a time of celebration. I know there are people around the world that don't, but... Um, I think most of the people that listen to us, mm-hmm. wherever they are, most likely they celebrate Christmas. Right. Simply because of what we're talking about all the time.
1: <laughs> and then this episode goes up before your 50th wedding anniversary. Well, yeah. So that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. we got two things to celebrate there. Yep. Um, I've been talking to people about that, you know, and... When you tell them you've been married 50 years, everybody's totally shocked.
1: Yeah. They can't fathom it.
0: No. No, it's a... People
1: older than you can. Yeah. But people younger than you, they're blown away by it.
0: Right. Wow, that's really something.
1: People are blown away when I say I've been married for 12 years.
0: (laughs) I had a younger guy yesterday. He was married um, seven years. Got a couple of kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was there working on our house. I said, how long have you been married? He said, seven years. And I said, oh. I said, my wife and I are going to celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary on the 22nd. He said, wow. He said, how do you make it that long? I said, well, you just shut your mouth and do what you're told.
1: Oh, yeah, right. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh-huh, my wife was in the other room,
1: yeah, I bet she had the same reaction I did, yeah, right, uh-huh yeah, <laughs>
0: <Yep>. so <laughs>
1: people are also shocked when they hear that like we didn't live together before we got married, yeah, and you guys didn't live together before you got married,
0: right, you know it's you listen to somebody like Jimmy Evans. Mm-hmm. Marriage counselor. Yep. Forty some years. Forty five, forty six years. Been around a lot of churches and a lot of people ministering. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he talks statistics on marriage, he said the biggest percentage of people that are divorced are people that lived together before they got married.
1: Mhm.
0: It doesn't help. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But I've also sat down with people who did marriage counseling, and I would tell them, you know, that uh, you're going to be signing that marriage license at the end of the ceremony. Mm -hmm. And I said, i like to put this out there ahead of time because people are thinking it the whole time they're going through marriage counseling, Mm -hmm. that if this doesn't work... (laughs) Yeah. And I said, uh, the other thing they think is, once we sign that paper... Then they're going to have to do what I say.
1: <laughs> yeah, to me, the signing of the paper is the least important part because the government doesn't have any place in marriage.
0: Right, but when people God know, does. Yeah, yeah, when people don't know that. Right. You, you got to get them to that point of understanding. That. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, also I also tell people that you know, just from the mere nature of flesh, mm-hmm. God said that men are lawbreakers. Yeah. So if you get married just because of the law, Mm -hmm. you're going to likely break it. Yeah. Because that's what you are in the flesh, a lawbreaker.
1: If you get married just for the tax break, you're going to find that less valuable the next big tax break you find.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons to get it done right. Yep. And then... uh,
1: So it's it's, exciting times. It is. It is. Yeah, And we're holding an open house for you and Mom. If people are local, they can come to it. Yeah. It's at the church. It's 8600 Burnell Drive. And we're going to have food and lots of chatting and spending time. And yeah.
0: That's about 12 hours?
1: <laughs> it's from 12 to 5 <laughs> oh. on Saturday, the 30th of December.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: 12 to 5.
0: Yep. That'll be exciting.
1: I think so. I think it'll be a good time.
0: I know I put it out to some of my relatives, you know. We did, too. I don't have a lot of telephone numbers, so I just called the ones I talked to the most. Yeah. Said, you can put it out.
1: Um, I I put down a big list and people called oh. around. I didn't call, but I think Heidi did, actually.
0: But oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice.
1: Yeah, but if people are acquainted with you and want to come and celebrate you, they can do that. That You're would be very nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So right after that, again, we got Christmas.
1: Mm-hmm. And well, that's right before it, but yes. Uh, yeah. Fr- right, right after your proper anniversary. Yeah, that's the 22nd. Yes.
0: Then Christmas and then the 30th. Yeah. It's going to be busy. hmm Yeah. You know, when people are celebrating Christmas, though, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, one of the times in my life that, uh, I, I testified about this a lot because I had no knowledge of Christ,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who he was and what he did. Right. Until I was 30 years old. hmm And I think I'm not an exception. You know, there's a lot of people out there who probably don't. Right. You know, if they weren't brought up with that way, and you know. So... It was a quite a quite an experience when I really got into the Word of God and found out what was going on. That a person was born for the purpose of dying mm-hmm. for other people. Yeah, that's what he that's what he was born in the of.
1: fulfillment of over three hundred prophecies, hundreds of years prior.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they when he was getting taught of those prophetic words. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's talking about him. Yeah. And he's the one that has to fulfill this. That's going to be quite a shocker, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So. Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why when Jesus was in the garden and praying, he said, Father, if it be at all possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will be done, but thy will be done. And he was going to the cross. Yeah. Yeah. And when I I got saved, it was... uh, you know, I got f- filled with the Holy Spirit in January. It was at the next December, when my first Christmas, uh, being born again.
1: So you had like a a year.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, by that time, I'd read enough and learned enough that when I went down to the Christian bookstore to get some music for Christmas, mm-hmm. um, I didn't want I didn't want people singing the songs that were you know drinking and doing drugs and things like that. Right. I, I wanted people that actually knew him mm-hmm. personally to when they're singing to get that type of music. And I was standing on a rack, you know, leaning on it in the Christian bookstore. And it was back then it was albums. Yeah. And I was f- going through them like vinyl records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, it just hit me. <laughs> the fact that Christ died on a cross that I could live. Mm-hmm. You know, and even back then, we didn't have available the uh, Passion of the Christ movie. No, yeah. Where somebody tried to portray
1: mm-hmm.
0: what actually took place. And you 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 had to use your own... Um, ability to read the Bible Mm -hmm. and your imagination to get the depth of what took place. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, when we're coming up on this time of the season, I I hope a lot of people are listening. I I wanna mention again Isaiah Mm 9-6. When the Bible says, unto you a child is gonna be born. Yeah. And that scripture describes the Spirit of God Mm -hmm. coming into flesh. To redeem flesh, and then after it prophesied that later Isaiah also prophetically started speaking about the the death of Christ. And if you wouldn't mind, I want to read just a little bit of that on Isaiah 52.
1: Well, can we read the first one too? Yeah. The nine six. Yeah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of Hosts will perform this.
0: Wow, it's it's a beautiful thing, you know. And the Gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—three of them address Jesus as the Son of God, Mm -hmm. and one of them addresses him as Son of Man. Yeah, because he came through the flesh of Mary, right? His mother. Mm -hmm. So God overshadowed her, impregnated her, and then the child was born. But all the titles there that you read are the titles of God himself. Mm-hmm. So here we have a baby, you know, come into the world. And he had to walk that totally in the flesh, not right. in, not spiritually, not calling upon help from above, just walking it just like any other human being. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I, I say to people, can you imagine being totally flawless, not in not a thing in you that is dark and of the world, and then you have to take the sin of humanity on you, mm-hmm. on your flesh. All right, mm-hmm. and because of that, I want to now we're we're at the time of people celebrating him coming into the world. Yeah, and I like people to understand what they're actually celebrating. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go to. Chapter 52 of Isaiah, verse 14, 15, both of them.
1: Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high, just as many were astonished at you. So his visage was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For what had not been told them they shall see. And what they had not heard, they shall consider.
0: Okay. Now, when it, when it's prophesying there of the crucifixion, mm-hmm. what he's going to go through for us. Okay. Again, he's born for the purpose of dying for every individual, every person. He to, he 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 did this for them. Mm-hmm. Now, and, you know, it's a joyous time, but you you got to understand why you're supposed to be joyous. Somebody took all the suffering that you have to suffer and took it upon themselves so that you don't have to. Right. So when Isaiah's prophesying about Jesus going to the cross, he's saying he's marred more than any human being. I'm going to give you a couple of examples here of things that I've seen in my life. I went up to the hospital one time at the request of a young lady wanted me to go up and pray for her father, who was in the hospital dying of cancer. Now I I knew the person, I didn't know him well, I just knew who he was, Mm -hmm. and I'd seen him a few times in my life, and he looked relatively healthy Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I seen him. Um, But at this point, he had gotten cancer, and she asked if I'd go see him and pray with him before he'd pass away. Mm And I went up to the hospital, and at that time, they didn't have all the computer systems, so charts were hanging on the beds at the end of them. And I went in, and I walked around the bed, and I looked, and I thought, I gotta be in the wrong room. And I started walking out, and then I thought, I better check. I went back and pulled the chart up, and sure enough, it was him. Mm. At this point, cancer had taken him to the point where there was basically just flesh wrapped around bones. Mm. He'd lost so much weight. There was nothing there. His eyes were sunken back in his head. His cheeks were sticking out. You know, his mouth was all distorted. There was nothing there, just skin on bones. And I was totally shocked when I looked at him. I did reach down, and take his hand in mine, and I was going to pray for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I, when I seen that, I thought, this disease took this man to this point where, you know, when I seen him, he was a very healthy man mm-hmm. prior to that, a lot of muscle <laughs> on his bones, you know, and uh, here I'm looking at something that is just horrifying. There was another time when I was with a co-worker and we were coming back from making a delivery. He said, would you mind stopping at my uncle's house? I would like to say hello to him because we're going right past it. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't care. So we... When we got there, he told me where to pull in. He said, well, I'm going to go in and see him. He said, would you like to come in and meet him? And I said, well, I said, I can. you know." Mm-hmm. And he said, but I don't want you to be shocked. And I, he said, I don't want you to appear frightened or anything like that when you see him. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, he has no lips and no skin on his face. Cancer has eating it off his face.
1: Chewing tobacco? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. And he said, when you look at him, you're looking right at the inside of his mouth and his teeth and everything. Yeah,
1: yeah. that would be jarring.
0: Yes. And I agreed. I went in, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't let it appear to me that, you know. I like was, you didn't show
1: it, that no. you were disturbed by it?
0: No. But it never left my mind for a long time. right. You know, it it was so, so bad. And the reason I'm saying that is because the Bible says that Jesus took every sickness and every disease upon him that humans would have on them. Mm -hmm. And uh, what you just read there in Isaiah 52, he's trying to let us see a visual of him Mm -hmm. that he was marred more than any human being. Right, okay, so you take the worst cases of everything you've ever seen of what a person went through when they were sick, and one body took it on for everybody, every sickness and disease known to man he took it on himself that we wouldn't have to bear that anymore mm-hmm. but in isaiah fifty three five then where you know he tells us that uh, he bore those diseases that we wouldn't have to take them on ourselves, that he set us free from that. So this one person took every sickness and disease known to man. When he took the 40 stripes on his back and received all that, he took the sin of humanity, the penalty for it on himself. Right, And he was beyond description. The Bible goes on to say that he didn't even look like a human being anymore Mm -hmm. when he took all that on him for us. Right. And I think sometimes you know people get portraits of Jesus. You know, he might be sitting holding a lamb, or you know, or he might be just sitting with his arms stretched out like he's going to pick you up and hold you, and he's got long, streamy hair. And you know, they paint them as a beautiful picture of him. You know, right? And that's that's good. I mean, that that's always
1: white with like light brown hair and blue eyes, which yeah. is geographically unlikely. Right, that too. (laughs) Because he's from the Middle East. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah.
0: So when people get portraits of him without reading the Bible, I guess it's hard for them to even understand why they're celebrating. Mm -hmm. You know, well, he's a good-looking guy. What what are we celebrating? One person born that looks like that.
1: (laughs) I think this this might be kind of a uh, weird... Perspective, but it seems to me that Catholic people have a better understanding or reverence for what he looked like on the cross. That's how they portray him, only. Yeah, yeah. Is on the cross. But at least they have, like, there's people, I think, in like non denominational, like evangelical churches that I don't think they ever they don't even look upon a crucifix. You know what I mean? Like, th- I think they would quickly look away.
0: Right. And, and mm-hmm. that, that... There's a
1: lot of evangelical churches that don't even have crosses in them. Right. Non-denominational churches don't even have crosses in them, let alone, you know, Catholic churches have a crucifix.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point. because a lot of... You see a lot of irreverence... Yes. ...in churches where it shouldn't be. Mhm. And uh, even though... You know the catholics do that they they have some sense of reverence when they come in and when they walk out and that that part is good they don't also don't go as far as appreciating the the joy of the resurrection right it's re- like
1: you have to have a balance between yes the two. yes um i was gonna say one of my majors communication and i had to do this project on Well, it was a whole class on nonverbal communication and people often think like nonverbal communication is strictly us like encoding messages to other people with our body or facial expressions or noises we make. Right. Like if you roll your eyes or nod or shake your head or cross your arms, people think like they think nonverbal communication, that's what they think. But nonverbal communication goes way beyond that. If you see somebody in a suit, that's nonverbal communication. They're Mm -hmm. communicating via their clothing where they're going. Or if they're in a basketball uniform, (laughs) you know they're not going to go work in the office for a day, right? You're like, oh, that person is on there. It's a communication. So one of the projects I had to work on was I had to give all these different... Examples of nonverbal communication.
0: Now, don't lose your thought, but I got yeah. to throw something in there. <laughs> so where, where did it get started? How did it get started? I'm really confused about this. What? That people wear pajamas to Walmart.
1: <laughs> they're sending a message. Yeah, I know. That they're all, they're very relaxed.
0: Very lazy. <laughs>
1: well, they're probably not thinking, well, they might be thinking that they're lazy, but it's more like, oh, I'm just running in here quick. You know what I mean? I'm just, like, <laughs> that's, to me, that's what it signifies. Sometimes. Yeah,
0: it, it may be, but <laughs> at the same time, you, when you consider other people around you, yeah, you know, you would think, well, I'm not going to do that to them.
1: I mean, if we're being completely honest, there's, like, websites and things called the people of Walmart. And, and there's certain demographic... Tendencies, like people that are of a certain socioeconomic status, and you know they're you're not watching a millionaire walk into Walmart with tabasco sauce um branded pajama pants
0: right, right you
1: know it's it's oftentimes like somebody that's maybe um a little less well to do sometimes their hygiene is lacking. Exactly. The whole family looks the same way.
0: Yeah, and it's you know the, their car the, doesn't there's a look the saying nice. That you know, actions speak louder than words, right? And that's what you're. They're point? sending a message, yeah. yeah.
1: And in the project, <laughs> it's so funny you thought of people from Walmart.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I like the store. <laughs> yeah, you know? I know.
1: I don't, <laughs> but in general, I don't. But
0: well, you know, you know of Sean Hannity. Yeah. He talks all the time about just most of his shop in there, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people that are very well-to-do, they they like it too.
1: Yeah. To be fair, I don't like Target or any other store either. It's just oh. I don't like stores, basically. Oh. But <laughs> I like the small stores, like the one that we have a few blocks away. Like Carlos and I get all of our meat from Rump's, Yeah, which is a small butcher shop, and they know your name when you go in there and... Is it, it costs more, but it tastes better, and it's a small owned business. Just for
0: those that really don't know where we live and what we do, <laughs> Christina lives on an island. Yeah. <laughs> there are no stores.
1: Yeah. I live in a, a it's not even a suburb that's laughable. <laughs> I just live in a town adjacent, like you can't tell when you leave Eau Claire and enter Altoona. I live in Altoona. But- I I appreciate smaller businesses, but we, you know, you end up having to go to Walmart. I send Carlos, I don't go myself. But anyhow, back to the nonverbal communication. Um in the project I did, I used all sorts of things, right? Like the guy in a suit versus the guy in like a basketball outfit, Christmas trees. You can really tell something about someone based on how they decorate their Christmas tree, whether they have kids, that's a big one you can often tell if people have kids if they have a christmas tree with like multicolored lights and they have all sorts of handmade ornaments and you know what i mean yeah and they have ornaments that are for like each of the kids like my first christmas like you can tell they have kids and you don't even have to meet them and you can look at that versus like another type of a tree and you can see like oh they probably don't have kids or pets at home if they have a tree that looks like that right so one of the examples I used was church and I did two different things. The first one, I put a Maroon five concert. Who's a secular band next to a non-denominational, a picture of a non-denominational church service. And you could not tell the difference. You couldn't Wow. because they're both dark. They both had smoke and lights. No sign of a cross or anything indicating that it's a Christian church. It literally, the only difference is that Maroon 5 had like branding on their bass drum and stuff like that. But if you didn't know, like there's no way to tell the difference. Both pictures, people had their hands up. So you can't tell. And I always say like these secular groups, like Taylor Swift is really popular right now. Like, she was named like person of the year or whatever. Yeah. And thousands of people spend millions of dollars collectively to go to her concerts. And I said to Joan Heidi, they're all worship leaders. They're just leading them to worship different things.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So they're worshiping themselves or some of them just flat out worship Satan <laughs> together. Yes. And people don't even know. They're ignorant to it. So that was the first one that I did. Like you could not tell the difference between a pop concert and a church. And the other one that I did was a church, a non-denominational church and a liturgical church, like a, like a more traditional. Yeah. Immediately you could tell the difference. First of all, the people were dressed nice to go to church in the traditional church. No hats. Right. Um, No shorts. Right. They sat together as a family. Yes. It was well lit. It was bright. Yes. Um, There was just so much about it and people could immediately tell. Like a secular university, you're in a class with a lot of people and at this day and age, they're young. I'm a lot older than them. (laughs) And, (laughs) And like they could be my kids. They were born when I graduated from high school which is really sad, but they, a lot of them don't even know what a pastor is. They don't even know what a church is, except if they see something like that. Mm-hmm. Then they can recognize it. Isn't that something?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But there's like a, this lack of... I We got on this topic because we were talking about how just in general, there seems to be more reverence in more traditional exactly. churches. Yeah. And it's, it's pervasive. You can see it and recognize it whether you're acquainted with church or not you can tell that there's just more of a reverence there sorry that was a rabbit trail but
0: no not really because i, was, <clears throat> I'm, I want people to understand that there's a real life behind this yeah you know, there's a real person mm-hmm. behind christmas yeah and uh, the celebration of it a person that suffered severely more than mm-hmm. any other human beings ever suffered in their life when Isaiah's being able to say he was marred to the point that he did not look like a human being hanging on the cross. Mm-hmm. So when you see that thing in the Catholic Church with him hanging on the cross, he looks really good there.
1: They have the stations of the cross oftentimes too. Yeah? Yeah.
0: But you, know, my point is this, they, mm-hmm. they they don't show the suffering of Jesus when they do that. So people don't ever grasp the thought of how severely he suffered for us that we could have life that we have. Mm -hmm. And if more people seen that. Now, Mel Gibson did the movie Passion of the Christ. Yeah. And when he knew, Mel Gibson knew what Isaiah said, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to take the movie to that point.
1: By the way, he's Catholic. Oh, really? Yes, Mel Gibson is. Oh. Yeah.
0: So he wanted to take the movie to that point, Mm -hmm. like Isaiah described it, and people around him said, you can't do that, you can't do that. People will see even not even get to that point, and they'll run. Yeah, how do you rate it? Yeah.
1: So that it's viewable by audiences. Yeah. Because what was The Passion of the Christ rated? Was it PG-13 or R? I don't even know. I think it was maybe rated R, but
0: but... But, you know... When when everybody's out running and buying gifts and buying gifts and buying gifts and giving gifts, you know. And, and then, you know, hardly, off, hardly ever hear somebody actually sit down and say, wow, I'm really celebrating this because I am alive because of him, you know.
1: Well, particularly in the United States, <clears throat> we're plagued by consumerism. Yeah. And we have a consumerist... I'm not blaming capitalism because that's not the cause. No. The problem is the incessant need to consume because people are supposed to be consuming the word of God and they're consuming literally anything else they can get their hands on. Exactly, yeah. And so then even Christmas is so out of this world because they feel a void. They're trying to fill it. They're trying to fill it with stockings full of stuff Mm -hmm. and presents under the tree and i'm we buy presents we're not saying you shouldn't we we always buy presents for people but
0: there should be a proper perspective here for what you're doing
1: and the idea that people have like shame and guilt associated with not going way i mean people go in thousands of dollars into debt for christmas every year and that he, can you imagine having gone through all of that and died for humanity, and that's what they sell ce- that's how they celebrate like that's wild to me like it's so far away we we fall into this trap of being plagued by all of this well our own culture and the the way that the world has perverted Christmas yeah meanwhile and and stress ourselves out and go into debt and people like they have so many problems around the holidays because of it and he came to free us from all that exactly exactly it's a trap is what it is yeah
0: yeah when darkness comes in it comes in many different ways you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. so many ways he can come in you know and take the light and the glory of the lord away
1: it's like the saying the path to hell is paved with good intentions Mm -hmm. well people they have good intentions you know they want to give people gifts and make them feel special and there's a you know there's good intentions behind it i think but it's it's gotten so far off track
0: yeah and that's why you know i wanted to mention uh, isaiah's prophetic word you Mm -hmm. know that um you know you know there's a story in the bible when jesus had been on a cross and they took him down put him in the tomb you know Mm -hmm. um but there was two men walking along and then and Jesus was walking on the trail. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about Jesus' crucifixion.
1: Can you imagine?
0: And he said to him, he said, uh, who is this that you're talking about? <laughs> and they tell the whole story to him as they're walking along. And when they got to the where they were going, they invited him to come into the house too. So they went in. And then they were going to sit down and have something to eat, and the Bible says he broke bread, and he handed them a piece. And when they looked, went to get it, they looked, at, and he had the nail scars in his hands. Hmm. He had already resurrected, and they didn't know who they were talking to. And then when he had seen his hands, wow, you're him, you're the one, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was so shocking to them. Now, you know, when I read this, I thought to myself. The last visual that people had was him on the cross. Now if you look at Isaiah's prophetic word of what he was gonna be on the cross, mm-hmm. a man marred more than any human being ever be- could be marred. You know, every sickness and disease on one body twisted and distorted to the point where he did not look like a human being anymore. I would think that the minds of people captured that. right? And they could not get that out of their minds. So when he, when he's walking, Alongside of them after the resurrection, and he was back to himself. I don't think they could put the two together until they actually seen the nail scarred hands.
1: In Isaiah 53, it basically says, like, you're not, people aren't even able to look at him. Like, he was despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid it, it, hid as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Like, people, like, they can't take it. People are still like that. Like, if you see somebody that's, like, really going through it, you know, 90% of people can't. They can't handle it. Look at all the people that, like, their own parents are, on like, on their way out, passing away, maybe in a nursing home or in hospice or something like that. There are people that, like, their own kids, they can't go.
0: You're right. I, say, can't I can't see can't them like them. that. Yeah.
1: Right? They can't go to funerals because they're like, I can't see them like that.
0: Yeah. I know when my mother passed away, she said she wanted a closed casket. Mm-hmm. She said, I don't want anybody walking up and saying, oh, she looks so good. She looks like she's still alive. She said, I don't look like a dead person. I don't <laughs> want somebody saying that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've never seen a, a, somebody in a casket that looks like themselves.
0: And She she didn't want that said, you know. No. So she wanted to closed. And at her request, so be it, you know.
1: Did you guys still see her, though, like before you closed it? Oh, yeah. As a family? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. and like you said, they never looked the same. No. Mm-mm. But, you know, back to Christ, you know, when we uh, celebrate Christmas, I just want everybody to know that there was a severe, severe price that was paid for the fact that he died on that cross, suffered tremendously. That all every human being could have that path of joy and righteousness yeah. in, in him, and uh, you know the Bible's very clear about you know coming to him in in a very intimate way and receiving him into mm-hmm. your life and you know uh, I just pray that more people you know at this time this season will take a moment to read the Bible, not, not the whole thing you know mm-hmm. but read about him, read uh, Isaiah chapter 52 and 53 yep. and go to the New Testament and read about the resurrection mm-hmm. and uh, take a few minutes to do it. And I'm encouraging you to get a taste of the person that loved you more than anybody else in the world would ever love you.
1: I think um, one way for people to really grasp it is to like look at their own kids. Because like you know the song, Mary, Did You Know? Yeah. So I was just listening to this lady talk, and she's like, it didn't come on home to me until I looked at my own kid. And she's like, I heard that song, and it was like, Mary, did you know that one day your son would walk on water, he would make the blind men see, like all these things, you know, the song goes yeah. through these things. And she's like, I was looking at my own kid, and I couldn't even fathom that a kid, like a baby, was born...
0: For that reason.
1: And like grew up, like ran, played, you know, mm-hmm. made made friends, um, had to learn to walk, had to learn to eat with a spoon. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's really easy to, especially since we're so far, like linear time, <laughs> far away from th- when Jesus was walking the earth and mm-hmm. when he was crucified humans are able to disassociate and to like conceptualize the fact that he was a baby and then he was a toddler and then he was like a kid yeah and he was a he went through his teenage years you know isn't that crazy when you start to think about that yeah and when people look at their own kid you think can you imagine like he was born for that purpose and like He's gonna go through with that. He's gonna, he's gonna take the rap for all of humanity.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, you know, And know, and you know, think about this: that a lot of people at this age, mm-hmm. they're really gearing to go. You know, they want the prosperity ahead of them. They want to get a house paid for. and yeah. they want. And at thirty-three and a half years old, he hung on that cross. Yeah, that's all the older he was. Mm-hmm. So from birth to 33 and a half, and you know the whole time this is your goal this yeah. is your purpose right to go hang it up and take on all the sickness disease and poverty mm-hmm. of the world and everything else you know yeah yeah he's a beautiful beautiful god he he's wonderful you know and just hope that people realize that this season take time to you know share with each other and you know yeah. about the gratefulness that we have for you know this birthday that's celebrated i just want to wish everybody a m- very merry christmas you know and uh also for us we we try to have a watch night service every year at yeah. new year's eve and we take time to give thanks to god for all the goodness we've had in the, the year 2023 mm-hmm. and then at 10 o'clock at night we get together and we have a church service and. At midnight, we start praying and pray out the old year and pray in with gratefulness and thankfulness that we're gonna receive the year of 2024 in the blessing of the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know, and give God glory for everything that we have and we're gonna look at in the future. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now for every person that's listening to us. Father, that they will be blessed by the Almighty God. And Father, let that relationship be welcomed in your arms, glory to God, that that person would decide to just look at you in a deeper way than they've ever done before. Father, wherever they are, whether they in other countries or whatever the case may be, Lord, I just pray for every person that, Lord, they'll look up and say, I need you, I want you. You, you were born to die for me, and I want to receive you into my life to be able to celebrate you with other people. Father, just let your anointing just flow this Christmas season. Lord, bring as many people in as you can. And Lord, we know that there's a harvest gonna be taking place and you know that when Father, when that happens Lord, you're going to bring all these people together that are anointed and and brought together by the blood of Christ that was shed at the cross. Father, that they can apply that blood to their lives. And uh, Father, the instructions are so strong. We've been talking about them. Lord, I ask that you just quicken people's hearts to receive the words that we've been talking about in in the book of Acts, how to receive you, how to bring you into their lives to be repented of their sins and baptized in the name of Jesus, that they shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that you want to send back to every person. And, Lord, we just thank you for all of that. And, Father, just bless people as they celebrate your birth. And at least at this time of the year, they're taking more acknowledgement than any other time of the year to admit that you really are real. And we thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.